Welcome back to the PSA HQ podcast channel. I'm Mel, your podcast host. This is another podcast in a special series about James Lind Alliance Priority Setting Partnership for Psoriatic Arthritis. In this episode, I'm talking with Russ, who was a patient member of the PSP Steering Committee and a staunch advocate for people's issues and needs around psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis care. Russ shares his own background story and chats to me about how he got involved in the James Lynn project and the value of getting involved in research from a patient perspective. Hello, Russ. Thanks ever so much for joining me today. Hi, Mel. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Nice to meet you. Yeah, it's good to see. We've we've met before and it's really good to have a chat with you and uh, find out about your experience on the James Lind PSP project for psoriatic arthritis. I thought perhaps we could just start for anyone who's listening with a little bit of background about yourself and why you got involved or how you got involved. Okay, Uh, well, my name's Russ, obviously. I'm 56 years old. I'm from Manchester. And I've had psoriatic arthritis since I was probably around 13, 14 years old, mm. maybe 15. I can't really recall when when it started. I was diagnosed with it officially, I think, when I was 17. But I can recall it going back much further than that. And um, how I got involved with the PSP, it's a bit of a long story because I did this the psoriasis PSP originally. Oh, right, okay. Through the Psoriasis Association. Not all of it, I only did the final bit of it where they picked the priorities. Right. I was asked to do that by a Dr. Helen Young at Salford um, Royal Hospital. Uh, because she'd seen that I'd done other little bits of advocacy work around psoriasis. And so I went along to that and we picked the top 10 priorities on that. And I met Susanna there. Susanna was the um, organiser from James and the Lions. Mm-hmm. So when the psoriatic arthritis PSP came about, I think obviously my name was known and thought, hmm, yeah, ask Russ, he'll probably be able to do it. You yeah. know, he's always up for doing anything. You know, um, so I'm quite well known at Salford Royal for putting my hand up and saying, yeah, go on, I'll do that. Stick needles in me, do this, do that, do whatever you want, you know, I'll have a go. So, yeah, I got um, an email from Laura and asked if I'd like to be involved. And, yeah, of course, I'll have a go at that. Yeah. It so you're quite an active kind of volunteer patient research partner, then, sounds like it. Yeah, I do um, quite a bit of advocacy work now. I work with Innovation Health Manchester on different um, themes. I'm doing one at the moment on leg ulcers. We're doing one on mental health. Um, we did a fair bit around COVID and the vaccines research. So, yeah, I'm quite involved with, um, got things in a lot of pies, shall we yeah, say. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, it's rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And I think once you've done a few of these things and you've got the kind of gist of it, it's it, you're an easy person to slot into any project at any stage. Like you said, you got involved with the psoriasis PSP kind of towards the end, but you probably picked it all up very easily like where they were with it and what their aims were you do become kind of more expert as it the more you do I think well I think as, as patients we we know about our own illnesses we, we understand them 
And if we can use that experience to help others and obviously to make progress towards treating our like problems, then of course get involved. Yeah. You know, and it's, I have a big bugbear as well uh, in my psoriatic arthritis and psoriasis that it's very, very few men who will actually speak about it. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, it's very dominated by females. With very, very few men. You know, so I'm always um, up for it and say, yeah, one, well, I'm a man, I will sort of go and speak and I will say my piece. Because otherwise, maybe men's voices will be lost and it will become a female-only sort of um, PSP or what have you. Cause, and, and that doesn't work because men have problems too. Um, yeah. You know, whereas women, it seems to me, are quite happy to chat away. Men don't. Is that what it is, do you think? Is that why more men don't get involved in research and things like that what what is it what, what stops them i think it's just men in general are rubbish <laughs> you know <laughs> they, they won't go to the doctors really it's oh i've broke me like oh i'll be all right i'll be all right in a couple of days it's only a broken leg you know i'd speak to my mates about um and, oh yeah yes my arm's a bit sore oh, i'll be all right and i said go and get it checked out no 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 i'll be fine and just men in general just don't they just get on with it and yeah. i think to myself sometimes just go and see a doctor or you know get it sorted out it's not hard mm. and of course men are always i think maybe a bit ashamed of like talking as maybe a sign of weakness mm. you go and speak to somebody you know like i spoke with a health psychologist and that was one of the best things i've ever done you know, whereas I think a lot of men probably wouldn't. They'd think, mm, no, I'm not doing that. They'd think there's something wrong with my head or, you know, but you've got to be open and yeah. yourself. And is it enjoyable? I mean, what would you say to, to people sort of just listening and thinking, oh, it's not really for me, but, oh, actually, now it sounds quite interesting. Is it, You get a lot out of it yourself. Yeah, I do. Um, so I always feel that I'm giving something back. Hmm. Over the years, I mean, I've spent, I think it's 29 times I've been in hospital, spent over three years of my life at Salford Royal. And all that time that the nursing staff, the doctors, my professor, and I've spent looking after me, now I feel that I'm able to give something back. It might only be a small little bit that I'm giving back, but I'm actually giving back, and that's rewarding in itself because I'm helping shape things in the future for people like myself absolutely yeah that's very key isn't it it's like you're helping to determine future treatment paths and medication options open to people so why wouldn't you in a way because given your experience like you said you've been in and out of hospital and on multiple medications if we could just get it right that's what the PSP works towards what are the things that matter what are the things that should be researched and how does this make this a smoother path for people who are going through all the stuff that maybe we've been through in the past where it's, you know, it's hard work, isn't it, to sort of keep trying new things and it doesn't work, trying something else doesn't work. You you want it to be more concise, more person-focused and appropriate. Exactly, yeah, because it's daunting. Mm. When you first get diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis, I mean, I remember now walking out of hospital after a doctor told me uh, what I had this psoriatic arthritis thing, mm. 
I wasn't giving any information. I walked out of hospital and thinking, I'm going to grow an extra head. I'm going to grow another leg. <laughs> What's going to happen? I didn't know. And it was before the days of the internet. So I couldn't go on the internet at home and have a look and go, What's that? Yeah. And I, I was just sort of left. I didn't know anything. I just knew that my joints ate and my, my skin was bad. Yeah. No. What I call the shock and awe of diagnosis is when you just, yeah. what does that mean? Am I, you know, am I going to be in a wheelchair in a couple of years' time? Because you don't know how fast it's going to progress either, do you? You don't know, once you've been told, you have no idea as to how this is going to impact you and in what way. And it's hard. Absolutely. You, you don't know. I mean, I remember the, the original doctor who diagnosed me saying to me, you must give up playing football. And... I was, I was 17, I loved for football. I was, I was captain of the football team. I was I was a reasonable football. I was great, but I was reasonable. I loved it. Yeah. And so he suddenly told that. He was like, wow, this is serious. Yeah. But he didn't really explain anymore. He just left it at that. Yeah. And I remember walking out of hospital that day thinking, oh, God, my life's over. Yeah, that's awful. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm in my teens and there's so much now that I can't do. And, yeah. you know, it, it was horrible. So anything that you can do now that can make that initial diagnosis easier to come to terms with, yeah, start would be better. You know, even if you had a, you know, a doctor sit down and say, you've got psoriatic arthritis, this means this could happen. Yeah. Rather, you've got psoriatic arthritis, bye. I know, I know it's different for everyone and they can't really give you a roadmap for your progress in your disease. But if you don't see it coming as well, it it's just such a shock. It's just, you know, if you don't have anyone in the family who's been affected by it, it's really hard to deal with. It's really hard yeah. to know. It is hard. And like I say, at the time, I didn't know anybody else who had it. There was no internet, mm. you know, and I was just... I was lost and I had nobody in my family's got it. It was um, it was just a major shock and it took me years to come to terms with, but now when I think about it, and I also, I went down some wrong paths as well at the time. I started drinking, you know, heavily. Yeah. I probably spent 10 years drunk. Yeah. I could cope with it. Yeah. I was in pain, my skin was awful, and you know, it's at one point I was 100% covered with psoriasis, my joints were shot. I was went in hospital another time, I was literally stuck solid, having to be like fed with a drip, and you know, mm. and thinking, what, where's this come from, you know, and how do I cope with it? And my answer was to go and drink. Well, if you've got if you've got no other support for it, because it is the emotional impact, isn't it? It's the mental yeah. health impact as well as every you know, as well as the physical symptoms. If you've got nowhere to go, you don't know anyone else with it. You, you're isolated. You know, I can understand that kind of behaviour, and it is probably a vicious circle because then doing something like that then probably contributes to the inflammation in your body, and so I think. I mean, it's a whole other podcast, isn't it, Russ? The um, talking about mental health, definitely an important one, I think. Yeah, because it was only really thanks to seeing a health psychologist that got me back on track. Yeah. You know, it's, and... it's a shame it's not easily available. 
yeah so you're in a better place now with everything and you're sharing that experience and giving back like you said which is a really positive outcome and I think that is the way people go over the years you do start to get a bit of a feel for your disease and your pattern and it becomes less shocking as as you go along and like you said the importance part of feeling like you can give back to help anyone else going through that as much as you can and this is why we do what we do as patient research partners is is giving that back because the doctors and medics you know the best world in the world if they don't have it they don't really know what it's like to live with it so I think it's always a really altruistic thing to do for other people in your position talking about the PSP then and so Susanna introduced you we've got Susanna on one of the other podcasts the one that explains about the PSP and what it is you joined the steering committee and all the sessions and things what was what was your role within that obviously sharing your insights what kinds of things did you do did you enjoy that how did that work for you because I know it started pre-covid and then went into lockdowns as well yeah yeah it was um it's, it seems a long, long time ago now because of COVID that when it started, because we did have an initial meeting in London where we, we actually met up and then we didn't actually meet again until the Britpack meeting. We mm. did ev- everything online, which I think made it harder, but it didn't make it feel as I was less involved because right. I think as a team, I think we really gelled and I think... Um, Sometimes as a patient as well, when you join these things, you always feel as though, will you be belittled? Will you be valued? And you think, you know, will will they talk above my level of understanding? Will they, you know, we all know doctors sometimes can go off on a tangent and talk way, way, way above my head. Mm. But we didn't. They spoke at a level that everybody understood. And also... Because I've done these sort of things before, I had the confidence to say, excuse me to whoever, you know, I don't quite understand what that means. Can, can you explain it to me? I've got the confidence to do that now. Mm. That's uh, a big thing. That is a big yeah, thing. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And you only get that really by taking part more and more, isn't yeah. it? You learn yeah. that it's okay to ask those questions. Yeah, you know, because we're human the same as they are, you know. So you don't want to enter these sort of things and have an us and them mentality. You've got to be a sort of team and work together. And I think during the PSP, we did work together as a team and especially around things like designing the questionnaires and, you know, what questions should be relevant. And we all had a say on that. Nobody dictated this was how we were going to do it. There was a format and there was suggestions and we agreed and disagreed. Well, it was done in a friendly manner and it was done by with lots of lots of compassion and and it was it was really, really enjoyable um like being part of the team. And so I think we got on really, really well as well. Mm. You know, it wasn't um you sometimes think, Oh, I've got a meeting to go to, I wonder if it's gonna be a chore, but it was never that. It was always, oh looking forward to it and obviously as we as time went on and the more meetings we had the closer you get to people, the more you get to know people and yeah. people's characters. And yeah. the problem being with it being COVID was all you ever saw was people's heads and shoulders, you know, <laughs> which which made it a little bit difficult. And so um, 
actually meeting in um, in public um, is a bit like, strange because you forget what from the first meeting to the actual Britpat meeting, you actually forgot what people were like originally because it was over two years, I think. Yeah, gone. we all got a bit conditioned, didn't we? I mean, it's 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 a good thing to be able to do things from a hybrid point of view. But I, my understanding is, is that that team was also very balanced. It was made up of like 50% healthcare experts and 50% patients. So you had a really nice balance as well within yeah. the team in terms of, you know, when you were deciding, talking about things. Yeah, it was. It was well balanced. You know, it's obviously you need the expertise yeah. of the health professionals, but you also need the expertise of the patients because we're the ones who sort of know what questions we want answering. Mm. And they're not necessarily going to be the same as what the health professionals think needs answering, which is the whole point of the PSP. Absolutely. You know, and I think the end result was um, quite eye-opening, really, because I think of, from a patient perspective, most of the questions that I hoped would be in the top 10 were in the top 10. Yeah, I was going to ask you that were any of the top 10 things things that you felt quite strongly about in terms of like should be in there so that's good if it was yeah I, I think almost all of them that I felt strongly about were I think the only one that sort of was missing I think was um one surrounding the um mental health side of living oh. um sorry it's arthritis I think that missed out but Obviously, it's going to be looked into anyway because it stays part of the original questions and then um, mm. when it's disseminated and what have you. Yeah. But it was, um, no, it was, I was pleasantly surprised actually at the final workshop. So I thought, yeah, that's important, that's important. And not, did not diminishing any of the other questions as being unimportant because they were all important. It just mm. the ones that were picked were particularly important to me. Well, you have to start somewhere with a list, don't yeah. you? I mean, you could have 50 things that are all important to patients, but you have to start somewhere. And that's what the results of the PSP, the priority, do, is they hone it down to, right, we've had this discussion and we know all of these things are important, but here's a starting point. Here are the things that are most needed first. And, I mean, you mentioned mental health, and we've already talked a little bit about that. And hopefully that will be on that sub list and I hear more and more about it in the research work that I do I'm hearing more and more about an awareness for it and that's where the advocacy comes into play because as patient partners within these teams if that need isn't being met we can keep mentioning it we can keep bringing it up so I think that's what people need to sort of understand if they don't get involved is actually we do get heard it might take a little bit long to get some of the things heard like fatigue fatigue never used to be recognized it's much better recognized now yeah that's why it is important to get involved because health professionals with all the good will in the world are there to make you better but they don't always understand what making you better means Mm. so it's it can make you well physically but not totally well yeah you know and it's it's difficult to explain really I mean I had a a doctor had been treating me for a long time and I told him I was going to Munich to watch City of going with the lads and he said to me brilliant 
fantastic. Well done, Russ. And off I went, and we had four days in Munich, and I was one of the lads for four days. And I saw him just after I'd come back from Munich, and I had an appointment with him, and I went in and I said, Hi, hi Doc, how are you? He said, Hi, Russ. He says, uh, How was Munich? I said, Well, to be honest, Doc, I said, I, I drank far too much. And he said to me, Good. <laughs> and I, I said, What? What? Good. He said, Yeah. I said, why? Why is it good? He said, you do what your mates are doing. Uh, and I had okay. never, ever considered that before. He saw his job was to make me do what my mates could do. Have your choices, yeah. yeah. Rather than just treat me as a patient. In yeah. His role was to get me to be able to do what my mates were doing. Yeah, so not not the drinking, obviously, not no. drink, but you know, just being able to live your life the way you want to live it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and do what my mates are doing, which at that time, <laughs> actually going to Munich, watching the football, and having a few beers, and you're yeah. doing normal stuff. Yeah, you know, and it that was a real eye-opening moment for me. That a real eye-opening. I thought, yeah, yeah, it's the whole point of what you're doing. Absolutely, absolutely agree. Do you feel you said there was a good sense of kind of being included and you know you build a team over time when those things end they could be quite intense and it, I mean that went on for what a couple of years almost that that yeah. project do you kind of miss do you miss the team do you or do you keep in touch or you get so involved with people don't you and then it's over how, how does that work for you yeah, you do, yeah. You, you do miss the team. I mean, it was lovely to meet up with some of them at the Britpack meeting, you know, and say hello and, and uh, you know. But, yeah, you, you miss it because it's a constant in your diary every month. Yeah. Meeting, this is what you're doing. And, you know, obviously um, you're getting emails every 10 minutes and have you done this? Can you do that? Have we, have we done this? Has anyone done that? Can anyone help with this? And... Yeah, all of a sudden, when it's gone, it's sort of ended. You're thinking, oh, well, yeah, I think you do miss them. Yeah, yeah because I, I, think I think there's a yeah. sense of, you know. But then, you know, you do a lot of other stuff, so I'm guessing that'll have an, a roll-on effect and you'll get invited to other things. And could you see yourself doing any other PSPs, or do you think now the psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis are the two main ones that you would do? And I would do any. Yeah. You know, um because like I say, men are rubbish <laughs> generally, and we need men to be out there talking and whatever it's about. So if things come up and these opportunities, I pretty much always say yes. Yeah. Very few opportunities that I turn down. I mean there is some obviously that I will I turned one down the other day that was to do with um to do with dementia because I have no experience of dementia. I know nobody with dementia. Yeah. I had nothing I really that I thought I could add. Yeah. And that's important, isn't it? To to feel like you can give. But there is other things I've I have um done that I never thought I would get involved with. Like I did some work around mental health and we went out into the community and spoke to spoke to groups of people uh, in the community about mental health problems across Manchester. And I never expected I would get involved in anything like that. Mm. I absolutely love doing it. Mm. 
and through that, other opportunities have arose, and uh, the other doors have opened. And also, you learn more yourself as well. Every time you go out and you take part in any form of advocacy, you yeah. learn something new. Every it day. helps you as well, doesn't it? I mean, you get those kind of unexpected little benefits, bonuses of having been part of something like that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think in every meeting we had for the PSP, at the end of it, I thought, I've learned something new today. Mm. Something that's relevant to me and my life. Mm. So I you're think not that's... giving back, you, you, you're learning, yeah. yeah you're learning as well as giving back, you know, and it might only be something small you learned, you know, but you take that away from it and think, well, I never knew that, but now I do. Each little yeah. bit helps you move forward, doesn't it, I think? Yeah. Yeah. So really good experience, highly recommended to everybody and really enjoyable, lots of value in doing it. And of course, now we've got this top 10 that everybody can keep referring to. And I, I read through the top 10 and I thought I could see loads in there that I would have advocated for. So I hope they have the right impact now. I hope they get used and be good to be able to see research projects that have been based around some of these top 10 and maybe some of the ones, like we said, on the sub list that are equally as important. Yeah, well, hopefully so, yeah. You know, I think from the psoriasis PSP, I noticed the increases in research in certain areas and thinking, oh, I remember that was in the psoriasis PSP, that in the top mm -hmm. 10. Yeah. And it's like research is starting. Although, again, because of COVID, things sort of died down a little bit and mm. um, now I look at projects like I'm doing one see if psoriasis changes at different points of the day that's interesting yeah you know and all these sort of little bits of new research are, are all probably inspired by the psoriasis PSP yeah um, hopefully the psoriatic arthritis PSP will also inspire little bits of research and when the researchers look at the questions they that's interesting. I wonder if we could have a look at this. And that fits into the boundaries of the question. I think it's fascinating. And especially if it's coming from patients and patients say, look, please research that because it would help us. Yeah. yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks, Russ. And thanks for your ongoing advocacy and taking part in things. I think, you know, like you said, you're representing a group that aren't really always speaking up for themselves. So that's that's a really important thing too. And thanks for coming on the podcast and chatting with me. You're welcome, Alice. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks again to Russ for coming on to the podcast to share his experience of the PSP and the stories of his own experiences as a patient and a research partner. I think you'll agree there are many other topics we touched on that we could chat about. And hopefully we will hear from Russ again please do check out the links in the show notes and thank you to Britpact for the sponsorship of this podcast and the series about the PSP project. If you would like to sponsor a future episode of the PSA HQ podcast, please do get in touch. All my links are in the show notes too. Or simply search for PSA HQ online.